Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf and this second part of the special two-part series on the best big ideas we've taken from the books we've been reading over the last six months. You're listening to Steph's Business Bookshelf, doing the reading so you don't have to. So the podcast is six months old and we've shared so many different books and ideas, so it's seemed very fitting to have a quick recap. So over last week and this week, I'm sharing the 10 favorite big ideas that I've taken from the books that we've been going through. Last week, I shared the first five. So if you haven't listened to those already, I obviously recommend you go back and do that. And today, I'm be sharing the next five. So numbers six through to 10 of the 10 best big ideas from the last six months. If you're new to the podcast, then welcome. Each week on Steph's Business Bookshelf, I share the three big ideas I've taken from the best business and non-fiction books I've been reading. And as we're now six months into our literary adventure, I wanted to share my 10 favourite big ideas from the over 60 that have featured on the podcast so far, all with the theme of work. Whilst not all of these books are specifically about work, I've pulled out some of my favourite lessons that will help you work smarter, think bigger and team better. Partly because I find the world of work very fascinating and partly because of the work I do myself, which is helping teams to become better teams and work better, more effectively together through things like culture change and team transformation. So let's dive into part two of this special with the next five big ideas that I've taken from the last six months of episodes of Steph's Business Bookshelf. Big idea number six, look out for your DNA. And this was taken from Fierce Leadership by Susan Scott, because your sticky fingerprints are all over the place. From the team member who isn't performing, and yet you've avoided giving any real feedback to over the last year, through to the mind-numbing management meetings you hate attending. And by the way, you haven't prepared for properly for the last six months. The chances are you're not helping these situations. In the book, Susan talks about looking back over what's not working and just seeing how do you contribute to that? I really love this idea because it's one of the favorite questions I've mined that I put to some of my coaches or people I'm working with, say when they complain about something is asking, and how have you contributed to that situation? Because the chances are that your fingerprints or your DNA, as Susan says, are going to be in there somewhere. So apply this yourself. Pick one thing that's not working in your team and give it a really good hard look. Harder than that. And look at how you contribute to or exacerbate the problem. And then correct. Big idea number six, look out for your DNA. Big idea number seven, what got you here won't get you there. And this was taken from the book, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, by Marshall Goldsmith. Many people succeed in spite of their behaviours, rather than because of them. But it's easy to confuse the two and assume that your ability to get to the point, which might actually mean abruptly cutting people off and stopping anyone actually coming to you with ideas, is your golden ticket to the big time. At some point though, this behaviour is going to become a problem and stop you progressing further in your career. Marshall's been working with people for the last few decades who have struck this problem. What they think is their secret source to success is actually stopping them at one point of getting any further because it becomes a hindrance. You can apply this thinking yourself by considering what you believe to be your greatest strength and then flipping it on its head. What would it look like if that strength was overused or wasn't even a strength at all? How would that manifest? And then test this with your team, your family, your friends and ask them if they see that behavior in you sometimes and listen to them. And then it's thinking about tempering that which might be useful to get a coach or work with some mentors or those around you to help adapt and use that strength for good. So that was what got you here, won't get you there. Big idea number eight, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. 
And this was taken from Essentialism by Greg McEwen. This is the idea that we sometimes make bad decisions and we say yes to everything, which means there's a big opportunity cost. So in the book Essentialism, Greg talks about really challenging what we're doing. It had very similar ideas to the Cal Newport books, particularly Deep Work and So Good They Can't Ignore You, about the idea that we're all doing too much and we're all at the mercy of other people's agendas and particularly digital distractions, which means we make bad decisions and we say yes to too much. So Greg's decision-making process or tree for this is if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. And this is how he chooses, how he spends his time, his days, his life. And this goes for personal things as well as more professional decisions he has to make. You can apply this to yourself. Look through your calendar, look through your diary, look through your to-do list and think about what you've made bad decisions on. What could you be saying no to? Or maybe even not yet. Ultimately, this means you make better use of your time and the work you're doing is much better quality because you can really focus on it and do that well. So that was if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Big idea number nine, consistency is key. And this is from What You're Going to Do With That Duck by one of my favorites, Seth Godin. If you read Seth's material, either from this book or some of his other articles, his blog, which comes out every day, he talks a lot about consistency, which is great because he's living up to his own advice by being very consistent in his messaging. Consistency is key, just getting things out, moving things along, shipping. He talks a lot about just shipping it and just moving things out because what is more important is getting the runs on the board, getting the hours in, getting the process done, rather than necessarily making things perfect or getting it right. It's actually the consistency of habits that will make you successful. And what a lot of people miss, and this is argued by not just Seth, but by a lot of other people as well, what a lot of people miss is they go for, they're looking at the wrong things. They're asking, you know, what pen does that author use? Because that must be what makes them successful rather than asking what time they're getting up and how many words are they writing every single day and how many hours they're writing for every single day because it's that that makes people good so apply it yourself think about what habits what processes what outcomes you want and be consistent plan it into your diary put it in schedule it and then tick off every single day how are you being consistent that was number nine consistency is key Finally, big idea number 10, and definitely one of my favorites from a book that I really enjoyed, was Be a Diplomatic Rebel, from Originals by Adam Grant. This book is all about smashing groupthink, moving away from everyone just doing the same thing and over and over again, just because that's the way we've always done it, and thinking more about creating good, original, new ideas. Adam gives lots of good information and good insights on how to do that and how other people have done this. And one of my favorites was being a diplomatic rebel. So sometimes having to hide your radical ideas into something a little little bit more palatable for people to get things through. It might also be, as one of the case studies in the book, an engineer challenged Steve Jobs around some of the process when they were creating new products. And she said, look, I don't think that this new process was going to work. Give me a month and I'll prove that there's a better way. So she was quite diplomatic about it, but she was also rebelling. And this was against Steve Jobs, who isn't exactly known for being super approachable. So you can apply this yourself. You can be a diplomatic rebel by finding little challenges to take on at work. What's not working? How can you challenge that in a diplomatic way and bring people on board? Get the right people on side. Maybe it's some little challenges, some mini adventures that you put together 
to challenge a process or a system or a way of doing things. But being diplomatic about it is probably going to get you a few more fans and make things happen a bit quicker than if you are too radical sometimes. So that was be a diplomatic rebel. Quick recap of these five biggest big ideas. Number six, look out for your DNA, taken from Fierce Leadership by Susan Scott. Number seven, what got you here won't get you there, from what got you here won't get you there by Marshall Goldsmith. Number eight, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no, taken from Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Number nine, consistency is key, from what you're going to do with that duck by Seth Godin. And finally, number 10, be a diplomatic rebel from Originals by Adam Grant. Hopefully you've enjoyed this little trip down memory lane, a little bit of a reminder on some of the best big ideas. Maybe you've not heard some of these episodes before. If you haven't, don't worry. The links are in the show notes to all of these episodes that the ideas came from. So you can go back and find out more about those ideas, those books and those authors. I really enjoyed pulling these episodes together and coming back over some of the key big ideas, my favorite big ideas and favorite books that I've listened to. Looking forward to doing it again in another six months time in January when we're a year old. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you. What books would you like to be hearing about? What big ideas did you enjoy? And what are you reading at the moment? There's a few ways to get in touch. All the details are in the show notes, as usual, including the Steph's Business Bookshelf Book Club, a little Facebook group that we've got to share some book thoughts, ideas, etc. I'd love to see you in there. Otherwise, in the meantime, happy reading. <laughs>